You are listening to The Pause Podcast with me, Dr. Benji Epstein, a podcast where we will be giving ourselves the permission to pause. This will be a practical guide to live a life with courage, presence, and authenticity. Join us to reconnect with your most soulful and authentic self by pausing together. All right, here we go. It's good to see all of you. Ben, you mic'd? Hey, Benji. Good. We are mic'd up. We are mic'd and ready to go. And Larry's waving in the back, our sound engineer, Larry. How's he doing? I'm pretty good, Benji. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't want to keep our cast, uh, the crew, all, all to myself, so I'm happy we're able to share with everybody. Once again, we start off with gratitude. So grateful to all of you who've been joining us on this journey. Have you been finding yourselves more present in the midst of the storm? Have you noticed any changes in your more habitual reactions? Are you perhaps seeing the shift from a more reactive state to one of a more gentle response? If so, please keep sharing with us. Like this feedback from Bubby Sue. And Bubby Sue writes, just being able to find a place to rest in the middle of things has been such a gift. I just find myself developing the capacity to experience life in an entirely different way. Thank you so much, Pause. Bubby Sue, wow, cannot thank you enough. Whew. So any other housekeeping notes for today? We are going to be working on our first live Zoom, which I'm excited to share details with you as soon as these things get finalized. Today's podcast is titled, You Are Not Your Thoughts. You are not your thoughts. And this idea, short, simple, and potentially life-altering, as so many of the ideas that we're privileged to share here, can help a person release months, years, even decades of conditioning and emotional exhaustion. So say it with me. I am not my thoughts. I am not my thoughts. Do it a few more times. I am not my thoughts. I am not my thoughts. And of course, the inevitable discomfort of wondering, well, if I'm not my thoughts, who am I? And we didn't say we would figure that out today, but you are definitely not your thoughts. And the brain is a powerful thing. And when we focus on our goals, we can make them happen. But it's not our thoughts themselves that bring things to fruition, it's our actions. So on our journey to becoming more mindful, to bringing more mindfulness and more pausing into our lives... We're going to see how this practice is going to help us work with our thoughts in two very important ways. The first way we're going to do this, we're going to simply become more aware of the constant torrent of thoughts that are constantly rushing through our minds. This is sometimes referred to as the discursive mind. The monkey mind, a machsheves sus, which is a shout out. To, uh, I learned that term from uh, Rabbi Dovber Pinsenschlita. And thank you so much for being such a hero, H E R E O, and wisdom teacher for us here at Pause. 
This is simply what our minds do. It's neither good nor bad. And I'll repeat this pause point for good measure. This is simply what our minds do. It is neither good nor bad. And that being said, just because this is what we are doing unconsciously, just because our minds are constantly chattering, doesn't mean that it doesn't have the ability to impact our overall sense of well-being. It's going to be critically aware to be mindful of these thoughts because they, unbeknownst to us most of the time, are a driving force in our mood, in our behavior, and then ultimately in the lives that we're trying to manifest. We want to be aware of the weather before we choose what to wear that day, right? And the second way a mindfulness practice can help us to work with our thoughts is that once we've become aware of this constant torrent of thinking, we can then learn how we can remove ourselves, we can extricate ourselves from the stories that we are also inevitably creating. And this is going to be similar, building off what we spoke about last week with riding the waves, right? Everybody's riding the waves this week, learning to surf, kola kavod. Similar to what we spoke about, we can acknowledge the experience of a story unfolding along with all of the emotions and the bodily sensations that are going to be related to that story without identifying with it, without becoming lost in it or fusing with it. So when we bring mindfulness to these thoughts, what that does is it transforms this one-sided thinking of certainty, like this is it, this is how it has to be, I'm a loser, or this will never work out for me, or whatever story your brain might be coming up with at that moment. And it transforms it into a world of liberating possibilities. You simply aren't who you think you are. You just aren't that person. You aren't who you think you are. Is that liberating? Is that terrifying? Mm, both. Right? It's a little bit of both. I, that, what a liberating feeling. And then what a terrifying notion. So what my teachers taught me and how we relate to this and how we can sort of envision this is imagine you have somebody who's by your side constantly. Every single moment that you are awake and what this companion, this constant companion is well-intentioned. They're, they're decent human beings, but he or she has this habit of constantly whispering in your ear. And this monologue contains a variety of random observations, worries about the future or rehashing past events other assortments of malicious judgments about you or the people around you. And just imagine this companion whispering the following drivel into your ear. This, this is boring. You should be doing something more fun. Why did you make that decision five years ago? 
Look at the shoes that person's wearing. Why would somebody buy such ugly shoes? You need to buy a new pair of shoes. When are you getting a haircut? When are you going to shave? Did you wear these clothes yesterday? You need a vacation. But you got to remember, did you pay that bill? And maybe you're going to be fired because your boss looked at you funny. And you know what? You never really liked that job anyway. And stop eating so much. You are so heavy. That monologue, that never-ending monologue, What would you do if that person was by your side? Would you tolerate that person? Would you find this person a particularly compelling friend, somebody who you'd want to be spending time with? I think you'd probably do everything you could to get away from that person. It's not hard to see how hearing a constant stream of negative commentary or just any constant stream of commentary could be a real impetus, a real drive for your negative mood states and for tension and stress in your body. And of course, if you haven't figured it out yet, the irony is we not only tolerate the constant chatter in our minds, we are completely convinced of its veracity. We believe it hook line and sinker. We are completely mesmerized by that voice in our head. We somehow have come to believe that these ruminations, these judgments, these worries are a 100% accurate representation of how our lives are and how the world actually is. And here comes pausing. Here comes our mindfulness practice to let us see into this stream of thoughts and then learning how to identify these thoughts as simply that. Thoughts. Our thoughts are not reality. They're not the way things really are. And more importantly, our thoughts aren't even who we are we get pulled into the constant chattering of the mind because we're not paying attention. The story we tell ourselves is mesmerizing. It's the most compelling movie that we could possibly imagine, and we're not even aware that we're watching it. It pulls us into the narrative, which is often not all that accurate and pulls us away from the sensory experience of what's happening in the here and now of this present moment. Our thoughts can pull us away from the felt experience of being fully present in our miraculous lives. So for example, if you have a history of lower back pain, raise your hand. You have a story about your back. And even if you don't have a history of lower back pain, you're likely to have a story about how your back is or how I don't have knee problems or I've never had this before. So many people come into my office and say, I can't believe I have this. I'm like, okay, but there's this story that they shouldn't be having it. And the story is often not aligned with our present moment experience of our back right at this moment. And so what our pausing can do is allow us to look deeply at our thoughts in a kind and non-judgmental way. We're going to learn that the thoughts, like the urges, like the waves, and the stories are always present. They're always here, but they're not always true. So here's the first pause point. 
Number one, our minds are always on. Even when you go to lie down, even when you take a break, even when you shut off your phone, your mind is never in a neutral mode. Your mind is constantly filled with thoughts, even if they're just below the level of our conscious awareness. And when we pay attention to the nature of these thoughts, we see how much they're shaping and driving how we are experiencing life. So we'd be doing ourselves a pretty good service to start to understand them by bringing kind awareness to these thoughts and seeing just the patterns of our mind. It's a fundamental skill of being fully present. It's a fundamental skill of pausing. It's a fundamental skill of our mindfulness practice. We're going to learn to observe this mind that we cannot shut off without getting lost in any particular story, right? And if your mind's always on, that means you can't turn off the thoughts. The goal is soul. But the goal is also to not empty the mind or turn off the thoughts. You can't stop the waves. You can't turn off the thoughts. This isn't possible. The brain secretes thoughts like a mouth that's going to be secreting saliva. It's just what your mind does. So be very cautious, be very mindful and careful that you are going into this process not expecting to control your thoughts or your mind from wandering. We start thinking about one thing and then it could branch out and then it turns into something until we're thinking about something completely unrelated. And how did we even get here? Right? And we can't turn that off, but we, we're going to work on our surfing. And just because you think it, just because you're thinking something, it doesn't mean it's true. Just cause you feel it doesn't mean it's there. Doesn't mean it's there. That's right? what I was thinking. <laughs> right? I got you. <laughs> right? But we think something. We have amazingly creative minds. Can anybody imagine themselves riding on the back of a winged elephant? I don't know. Just feel it. Wow. Riding that winged elephant with the wind in your face and you can, you can feel the flapping of your elephant's ears, right? Is everyone thinking about that? Right? It's not any truer because you're thinking about it. But that's easier. When you're thinking about something that's fantastical, that's something mythological, that's pretty easy to say, oh yeah, that's just me thinking about it. But what happens when your friends all get together and you didn't get the invite? Right? What are you thinking then? Oh, who did I upset? You know, or what did I do wrong? Or, or they're all jerks. Right? I'm not saying that the story isn't true. I'm saying that the story might not be true. We're holding on to that really, really, really strongly. And the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, those could be really hard to untangle from. And after thinking certain thoughts for a few hours, we convince ourselves it must be true. And what my teachers have taught me is thoughts are not facts, even the ones that tell you they are. Thoughts are not facts. You had the thought. You definitely don't let anyone tell you that you didn't have that thought. And you have that feeling. But those thoughts are not facts. 
even the thoughts that are telling you, yes, this is 100% true. And then we get into a more nuanced way of looking at thoughts and we're no longer going to distinguish between good and bad thoughts. We don't have to work with our thoughts in any kind of particular way. We're not identifying negative thoughts Might some therapist might do. It's like, oh, here's a, here's a negative thought or examine how truthful that thought is or seek a more balanced interpretation in mindfulness. In this practice, we're not distinguishing at all. We don't have to work with each thought because we're working with thinking in general. We're not changing how we think. We're changing how we relate to our thoughts. We're going to relate to our thoughts differently. And this is such an important point because we don't have to deal with the thoughts on a content level. Shakespeare writes, There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. The way we are relating to these thoughts Once we have that more compassionate, more open, and more allowing attitude, no matter what comes up in our thoughts, we're not defined by them, and we're definitely not going to be driven by them unless we make the conscious choice. And the best metaphor that I've seen for this, and the most helpful metaphor that I've used with my clients, when you feel like there's just no way to get out of this overwhelming negative torrent of, of, of thoughts. And it could be really, it could feel really bleak. It could feel really difficult when you're sort of under this constant negative stream. And it feels like you're under a waterfall. There's these tons of water that's coming, pouring down directly on your head. Or you can even imagine yourself in the shower and feel the shower coming down on you. And it's, it's, you know, you don't have a lever to turn it off. And that could be your thought pattern. It could even be negative thinking. And the instinct might be, well, it doesn't work as well with the shower because you could technically turn off the shower, but you can't turn off the waterfall. You can't be standing under the bottom of Niagara Falls and just be like, oh, I, I want this to stop, right? Our instinct is like, I want this to stop, but that is a hopeless, that is an impossible task. And so what skill is required is the realization that I don't have to be standing in this spot where all this water is coming down. I could move to the side. I could move behind. I could find some refuge beneath a cave or something that's not within the direct line of fire. And voila, here comes that water. It's still there, and I'm not getting wet. I'm not getting buried by this cascading torrent of negativity. So I'm learning to observe the powerful thinking without being consumed by it. I'm learning to lean back from my experience and observing it without getting lost in it. And this is a two-step process, right? The first is simply coming into contact with, bringing it into our awareness, noticing, knowing that I am having thoughts being aware of our internal soundtrack. We have to become more intimate. We have to be better at noticing our habits of mind and how repetitive our thinking is. And secondly, once we start to notice the nature of mind, we can cultivate and develop the skills to disentangle ourselves from all of our thoughts. Ah. What a relief when we discover that our stories do not fully define us. 
so much of our mental suffering comes from desperately holding on to our thinking, to our beliefs. And the really insubstantial and endlessly repetitive nature of thinking can become revealed within the pause, within the stillness of our mindfulness practice. And then once we do that, we can rest in this spacious embrace of a loving heart, of a compassionate mind, instead of getting lost in this zigzag and this puzzle of thought. So once you recognize that you're not your thoughts, you're not going to feel as pressured to get rid of them, to suppress them. Right? I don't have to push this away. And as we've discussed, people are going to often misunderstand meditation as some sort of magic spell that's going to clear your mind of thoughts. Just sweep away all my thoughts and then I'll be in a permanent state of bliss. And all you're going to find is when you're trying to sweep away all your thoughts that are never ending and that you don't have control of, is you're going to end up with a headache because there's no way to sweep your thoughts away, right? Remember the waves. You can't stop them. So your thoughts are going to get you every time. And we're not talking about the more difficult thoughts. We're talking about the millions of thoughts of your perception of yourself, about your mindfulness practice, about your spiritual life, about how you're doing and where you're holding. And those are thoughts too. Those are thoughts. They're not meditating. They aren't avodah Hashem. And when you see that you are not your thoughts and you can watch them in a kind of impersonal, more observational way with patience, with kindness. And the operative words are always be kind. And that's a shout out, be kind. So when we're observing our mental lives with self-compassion, and so much of this comes back to that, so many of us, present company included, this is speaking for the Benz, so heavily loaded with negativity sometimes. And you can see that if you don't touch them, i.e. you don't get involved with them in any way other than observing, if you don't do anything with them, if you don't get caught up in them, then what naturally will happen is just like those waves without any impediment, they're going to dissipate on their own. And the best mashal for this, the parable for this, is that if you bring awareness to a thought, it's like touching a soap bubble. Ooh, we should make this into a video, right? Just seeing your thoughts as soap bubbles. Your thoughts are soap bubbles. And the second you touch it, what happens to that bubble? Poof. Such a good image. But in this case, you're not touching the thoughts. You're not engaging for that matter. The awareness, just the allowing or the embracing, the seeing it rise in the sky or field of awareness and letting it be will cause it to go poof all by itself. And don't take my word for it because we are going to practice this together. But you'll see as soon as you make the commitment to sit down on a constant and consistent basis and simply observe your thoughts, you'll begin to see exactly what I'm talking about. This is not rocket science. You do not have to sit on top of a mountain for 30 years to have this kind of experience. 
all you need to do in some sense is just, and this is something I need to remind myself of constantly, just get out of your own way. Not saying it's easy. Our motto is always easier said than done. Easier said than done, but easier done than imagined. It's a skill. But if we start practicing now, you'll see that a lot of the stuff we get caught up with becomes like a mirage when we look at it just right. As a side point, this doesn't contradict the famous teaching from the Baal Shem Tov that you are where your thoughts are, right? Wherever your thoughts are, that's where you are. That's true. But what I believe the Baal Shem Tov is saying is where you are intentionally bringing your thoughts. That's talking about conscious thinking. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the spontaneously generated thoughts of mind that never stops. And that's where you want to start bringing that gentle, compassionate awareness to. And now we're going to be shifting to our practice mode. And this is a practice um, from Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. And it's called Leaves on a Stream that can be used when you're feeling anxious, but more for when you're stuck in a cycle of rumination. So here goes. Just inviting you to sit in a comfortable yet upright position in your chair with your feet flat on the floor, your arms and legs uncrossed, your hands resting in your lap. And let your eyes close gently or fix them on a point in front of you. Taking a couple of gentle breaths in and out. Simply noticing the sound and feel of your own breath as you breathe in. And out. Now I'd like you to imagine that you are standing by the bank of a gently flowing stream, just watching the water flow. Imagine feeling the ground beneath you, the sounds of the water flowing past and the way the stream looks as you watch it. Imagine that in that stream there are leaves from trees of all different shapes, sizes and colors floating past on the stream and you are just watching these float on the stream. It's all you need to be doing for the time being. And now I want you to start to become aware of your thoughts or feelings or sensations. Each time you notice a thought, feeling, or sensation, imagine placing it on a leaf and letting it float down the stream.
Do this regardless of whether the thoughts you're thinking or the feelings you're feeling or sensations you're having are positive or negative, pleasurable or painful. Even if they are the most wonderful thoughts, place them on a leaf and watch them float by. If your thoughts stop, just watch the stream. Sooner than later, your thoughts will start up again. Simply allowing the stream to flow at its own rate. Notice if there's any urges to speed up or slow down the stream. And let these be on leaves as well. Let the stream flow how it will. If you're having thoughts, feelings, or sensations about doing this exercise, place these on leaves as well. If a leaf gets stuck or won't go away, let it hang around. All you're doing is observing this experience there is no need to force this leaf down the stream. If you find yourself getting caught up with a thought or feeling such as boredom or impatience, simply acknowledge it. Say to yourself, here's a feeling of boredom. This is boring. Or how much longer? and then place those words on a leaf and let them float on by. You are just observing each experience and placing it on a leaf on the stream. It is entirely normal and natural to lose track of this exercise and it will keep happening. If and when you notice yourself losing track, just bring yourself back to watching the leaves on the stream. Noticing the stream and place any thoughts, feelings, or sensations on the leaves and let them gently float down the stream. Finally, allow the image of the stream to dissolve and slowly bring your attention back to sitting in the chair in this room in this very moment. Gently open your eyes and notice what you can see. Notice what you can hear. Push your feet onto the floor and have a stretch and notice yourself stretching. Welcome back.
thank you so much for pausing with us today. It means a lot. Looking forward to doing it again real soon. The goal is soul. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And of course, to see more content from Pause, you can sign up for our WhatsApp status. Hit the link in the description where we post content every day throughout the day. Content from Dr. Epstein and others. Thank you for listening.